right. Hey, give it up for the worship team. That was just amazing. Praise the Lord. Give it up to those watching online. We thank you for tuning in. Thank you, online viewers. Praise the Lord. Uh, so about the sling, you know, you just don't tell my wife no. That's it. That's the, that's the end of it. No, I fell off a, I fell off a deck, and, and uh, I landed, if this was my bad arm, right here, and it snapped my bicep tendon. So if you've ever had that done, that tendon rolls back up in your arm, and you look like the Hulk for a day or two, and it hurts, and then they'll surgically repair it. So you pray for me, but God's good, and, uh, you know, no big deal. Uh, all's well. In the kingdom of God. Man, I love that song, Honey in the Rock. We were in Colorado uh, right around our, well, it was our anniversary month, and uh, probably heard that song 20 or 30 times. And I got back, and right afterwards we were moving, and, uh, and I heard the song on the radio. I told Junie, yeah, have you ever heard that song, Honey in the Rock? She said, when in Colorado, we heard it 30 times probably, Mark. I said, and it just, sometimes things just hit you, right? And so she had planned on singing it, and I said, can we sing that sometime during November? It will fit really well with uh, one of my heartfelt messages. She said, you bet. And so she did, had already planned on it. But God, is, it's just, it's a song uh, that's biblical. We'll talk about it. But uh, heart, being heartfelt, the month of November, Thanksgiving, a lot of times it's just about attitude. If we have an attitude of just being thankful, an attitude of being thankful where things are at, where you're at, what we're walking through, what you're walking through, uh, maybe from the, the mountaintop versus the valley. And so uh, I want to talk about just attitude today because in, in today's generation, in today's life, today's society, uh, sometimes we're not, maybe it is our attitude that generates our outcome. And we don't need to allow uh, the enemy, we don't need to allow to the world, we don't need to allow society to dictate to us what God has already spoken over us. Hear that again. That was what Janie was trying to get at, Marcus was getting at during the song. You can break generational curses in your life. You can pray blessing over your family. You can speak life to your loved ones, you, and, and yet you need to be an example to those that are looking. Listen, there's a generation of young people out there that are looking for uh, people to take them the way they are and to speak life into them, not condemn them, not speak all manner of evil against them, but to actually speak love and life into them so they can know what it's like to be a Christ follower. Amen? All right, can one time we just give it up for Jesus because he is worthy to be praised. Praise the Lord. Amen. So we got, we got a couple series of scriptures we'll start with, we'll talk, and then we'll end into Psalms. And, and I'm excited for today's word. I, I love uh, how God presented it to me. I hope I can do it justice in presenting it to you. We're going to pray first, and then we'll go into some scripture. Father, thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for your truth. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your life. Lord, we just pray you would open our hearts today, Lord, to entertain your word, Father, Lord, with the heartfelt attitude. Open our minds, Lord, to understand your word and open our ears, Father, Lord, just to conceive what you have for us. We bless you today. We thank you, Lord. Receive our praise and worship, even though it seems like it was about us today. Lord, let it be about you. Let it be for you, Lord, in all that we do and say. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church said, amen. Let's go to Revelations 
2. We're going to read 8 through 11. We may stop along the way. This is the Apostle John. John was the beloved, uh, calls himself that. He felt like he was Jesus' favorite. And sometimes maybe you feel that way. Or maybe you feel distant from Jesus. You need to know today you are Jesus' favorite. He died. If you'd have been the only one, he died for you. He loves you that much. You are favored of the Lord, the Bible says. And so John has this revelation. He says he was in the spirit on the Lord's day. And so there's different uh, we would say maybe that's Sunday. Is that the Lord's Day? Is that Sunday? He was, he was uh, in a kingdom mentality. We talked early in the year about a fourth dimension, about being in a spiritual mindset. So I want you to be in that spiritual mindset today. It will help you as we unfold and unpack this message. And to the angel of the church of Smyrna, right, Jesus tells John, the words of the first and the last who died and came to life. That's, of course, Jesus. I know your tribulation and your poverty. And let's read the very next one. And the slander, but you are rich, in parentheses. I like, I like that, but you are rich. I know your tribulation, your poverty, your slander, but you are rich. What an attitude. Turn to somebody today and says, man, I'm rich. Oh, you didn't even say with conviction at all. You don't believe it. Say it again. I am rich. Say it one more time. I am rich. And I noticed that none of you bought or rented a private plane and flew to Hawaii because you didn't win the lottery last night. And if you decide to play it, you can. But we've agreed as a board that you must give 20% tithe should you win. Uh, so uh, I hope you win. I personally don't play. But if you buy a ticket, don't spend your paycheck on a ticket. If you decide to buy a ticket, Barry, and you win, I know you'll give 20, so God bless you. We may 25, thank you. Do I have 30? I... <laughs> you are already rich in the kingdom, amen? God has made you rich. And even though these light and momentary trials are worked out for your good, wherever you're weak, Christ is made strong. You are rich in the kingdom of God. And this is what Jesus is telling John to tell the church at Smyrna. But he's also telling us today, whether we're grace church or individuals, you are rich. And the slander of those who say that they are Jews and are not, but are a synagogue of Satan. Verse number uh, 10 says, do not fear what you are about to suffer. Behold, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison that you may be tested. I, th this is not a church building scripture. All right, you know, everything's going to be okay. God's going to bless you. Walk out of here. You're going to get the best parking place at the mall. Everything's going to work out great. There's never going to be any trouble in your life at all. That doesn't always happen, does it? In fact, Jesus tells Saint, uh, Peter a couple nights before he was betrayed, hey, uh, Peter, Satan wishes to sift you like wheat, but, I, but I've prayed for you. Now, I have a problem with that scripture because why didn't Jesus just do something about it? Why is it that he prayed for you? Because there will be suffering in your life. I, I, I'm sorry to tell you that. I'm not going to that church anymore. They believe in suffering. <laughs> it's going to happen. It's gonna, but it's an attitude. The attitude will get you through it. 
And, and you're not the only one the enemy picks on. You're the only one bad things happen to. It's just that you look at Jesus telling John to tell the church, do not fear what you're about to suffer. Behold, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison that you'll be tested. And for 10 days, you'll have tribulation. Be faithful unto death and it will give you the crown of life. Thank you, Apostle John. Thank you, St. John. Thank you, John the Beloved. Thank you, Brother John, for telling us this grief. Thank you, Amanda and Marcus and those of you who are going to start a grief class. Thank you, because grief is real, church. Uh, grief, is, grief is real. They're, loved ones are going to die. Uh, disease is going to happen. Uh, things are going, but it really it's our attitude. Do not fear what you are about to suffer. In fact, John the Beloved gets this from Jesus, he's in the spirit in the Lord's day. In other words, he's in God. He's in that fourth dimension. He's in that realm where he's hearing a word from God, and it's going to be, all right, Jesus says it in John 16 and 33. I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In fact, he's telling the disciples, hey, you're going to suffer. You're going to be persecuted. Some things are going to happen. Don't worry. I want you to have peace. I want you to know that I know ahead of time that these things might happen. And I'm wondering the same thing. God, if you already know these things are going to happen, why then are they happening? Why don't you just stop it? It's so that God can be glorified through your trials. God wants to be glorified through the trials that you have. I love what Janie did there during worship with Marcus's prayer. Let's break generational curses. Let's break generational addictions and generational failures and generational I'm not good enough or I don't stack up enough or I'm not like you or I'm different than you. Let's break those things because we are all one in Christ Jesus. He accepts you for who you are. Now, like all of us, we need to allow the Holy Spirit to change us from the inside out. We need to allow God to intervene and where we are suffering or where we feel like we're less than or where we feel like we're not good enough. Let God, you are now joint heirs with Christ Jesus. You are good enough. You are worthy because he's made you worthy by the blood of Jesus Christ. Jesus says in the world, you will have tribulation. It's going to happen. There will be trials, but take heart. Everybody say, take heart. Take heart. Take notice. Take confidence. Understand. Take heart. I have overcome the world. I love the fact that Jesus has overcome the world because the world's not what we live up to. We live up to kingdom standards because it's the kingdom now that has your back. It's a kingdom now that, that, that's opened its doors wide so that you can enter in to the kingdom of God. Yes, there's political realms. Yes, there's governmental realms. Yes, there's societal realms. Yes, there's social media. And we try to live up to all those things. And maybe we worry about all those things or have anxiety about all those things. Or, or maybe we try to conform to some of those things. But our Savior has overcome the world. He has created an atmosphere where we can have peace in, in the midst of all that, and then now it becomes an attitude. In fact, the psalmist says this in Psalms 81. We'll jump over to Psalms. Janie, Janie and I haven't been able to get out of Psalms since the summer in Psalms. The, the Psalms have just, they've, they've, they've wrecked us in a good way. And, and the psalmists are almost always in trouble of some kind. 
Or maybe there's a sorrow, but they look at the victory in the end. They see the, the end thereof. And the psalmist here is saying, sing aloud to God our strength. Shout for the joy, for, for joy to the God of Jacob. Because we take five seconds to just give God a shout of praise. I mean, just a loud shout of praise. Because he's worthy. I mean, it's like if your team scores a, a touchdown or you win the lottery or something great, amazing happens in your life. You got that job or career that you never thought you had. You've been admitted to that, that the postgraduate school. You've got that, and all of a sudden you shout for joy or maybe even your spirit. God deserves our praise. God deserves our shout of joy. Why are you so happy? Because my name is written down in the Lamb's Book of Life. Uh, that my name is written down in the Lamb's Book of Life. I married the love of my life, and when it's all over, I get to go to heaven. That's the, that's, that's the lottery ticket right there. I mean, that's, that's a done deal. Find the, what God has blessed you with. Enjoy it. Live it daily. Enjoy the journey and know that when this thing is all over with, you are going to go to heaven. You're going to spend eternity with the creator of the universe. How cool is that? Wow. So the psalmist goes on in verse 2 and says, raise a song. This is what we do. This is why we worship. Pastor, you guys are a little loud. I'm going to have to leave. Sorry about that. Heaven's going to be a lot louder. Could you tone it down? Nope. And don't tell our sound person that because she will just crank it up all the louder. Worst thing you could do is say, could you bring this down? Mm-mm. She'll show you who's in charge. And she has the authority to do it. She's just like her mama. Raise a song. Sound the tambourine. The sweet lyre, the harp. Verse 3 says, blow the trumpet at the new moon. Now stop there for a moment. Now we're spiritual again. We're fourth dimension. I need you to get this. What Janie and Marcus did a moment ago was a new moon. They were blowing a trumpet. This is declaration. Satan, you no longer have control over my legacy, over my heritage. You no longer have control over over my thoughts or my ideas. You no longer have control over my actions and not only mine, but my children and my children's children. We are making declaration right now. It's a new moon. We're blowing the trumpet in a spiritual case. Wow. See, the psalmist is saying this. Wait a second. There's a new moon. And so he's prophesying over his situation because there's a heartfelt attitude that says, this may not be the way I designed it, but I'm surely going to walk through it. I'm not running from this, is what the psalmist says. So now we're going to jump to verse, well, at the full moon. Okay, we read that. I am the Lord your God, verse 10 says, who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. Open your mouth wide and I will fill it full. What's he saying? I'm going to open my mouth to praise God and spiritual songs are just going to come out. Well, Pastor, that's kind of heavy. I don't really understand that. That's okay, just try it. Instead of cursing the things that and falling into worldly desires, why don't you just open your mouth and just praise God? God, I thank you. God, I love you. God, I worship you. God, I glorify you. God, I magnify your name. God, I, I, I honor your name. God, I give you glory, honor, praise, and thanksgiving. Why not just give God some praise and you open your mouth, he'll fill it. He is the Lord your God. 
Egypt is always a land that's not enough. It's a place not called best. He wants to take you to a place called best. And yes, there might be some trials along the way, but that will only make you stronger. It's our attitude that will get us there. Verse number 13 in Psalms 81 says, oh, that my people would listen to me. Don't you think God probably is in heaven at some point in time saying, like, you know, you, you watch a good movie, and what's the first thing people will say? Don't tell me the end. You know, you're watching something on, you know, one of the Netflix or Hulu or whatever, and don't, don't, don't tell me the end. Oh, did you see that docu-series? Yeah, don't, don't tell me the end. I read it in the paper 30 years ago. I, I already know the end. I know what's going to happen. Please don't tell me. And I think God sometimes is like, hey, church, I know the end. Like, you're going to spend eternity with me. Life is fleeting, Solomon said. It's just but a moment. It's gonna, you're going you're gonna to be done. It's going to be over. It's like you're going to be okay, right? You tell a young child that maybe falls and they think their world come to an end. They got a little boo-boo. You need to put a Band-Aid on it. You pray for it. It's going to be all right. They're back playing in just a moment. This is what God wants with his children. Oh, that my people would listen to me. And, you know, God doesn't, I don't think. I hope not. But you know the, the people that will always say, mm, I told you so. Or they're like, I didn't, I don't want to tell you I told you so. Well, you just did. You just now told me you told me so. I don't want to tell you I told you so. Then don't. But if you had listened to me, I didn't. But if I would have, and that's what God's saying, oh, that my people would listen to me, that Israel would walk in my ways. In the next couple of verses, he kind of goes in and out of some of the things that they should have done and they didn't do. But let's jump to verse 16 for a second because that's where we want to end for right now. But he would feed you with the finest of the wheat and with honey from the rock, I would satisfy you. In other words, he's telling us the very basis of this song. And I... I would say people that write songs today or poems or some type of psalmist, they're not canonized in the scripture, but our son Andrew writes uh, songs for the church. The church sings them. Other artists around the world or around the, the country will write songs that maybe our church will sing or other churches will sing or they'll play them on the radio. And maybe, Honey in the Rock, you've heard on the radio like many of us have, and all of a sudden you start to sing it in church and it resonates with you, and you walk out of church singing Honey in the Rock. But this is not a new song or a new verse. We used to sing this song way back in the day. Uh, there's Honey in the Rock, my brother. There's Honey in the Rock for you. Does anybody ever remember that song, or is it just me and Janie? We're the old ones. And Landon, you got, um, Pam, you are here. God bless you. Honestly, Pam, I, that's a surprise. Pam just went through a, a surgery. Oh, happy birthday, Pam. Let's give a shout out to Pam. <laughs> Praise God. Honey in the Rock, my brother. There's Honey in the Rock for you. Jenny's mom used to lead us in that song. And she'd get that arm going like this. And, I, and now, now, knowing what I know, she was just punching the devil every time. It's, it's the greatest little thing in the world. And she, you know, all, what if she's not real tall? And she, and she's, 
And I'm thinking, that's spiritual warfare. There's honey in the rock. And he says this right here. And, and with honey from the rock, I will satisfy you. And the, the new psalmist who wrote the song, he, the verse goes like this. There's honey in the rock. There's water in the stone. There's manna on the ground. And I'm thinking as I see myself writing it down, rock, stone, ground. That's all like hard substance. That's all things that are very hard to move. Some of them are immovable. Some of them you can't break through. You need heavy equipment. But yet she sees that the psalmist, the new psalmist sees, they see the honey, they see the water, they see the manna. It's like the psalmist here says, there's going to be honey in the rock for you. In Deuteronomy, Moses says five times in Deuteronomy, 32nd chapter, go home and read it. The rock of my salvation, the rock of my perfection, the rock that created me, the rock that looks out for me. Jesus is your rock. He is your rock. It's not the enemy. And we look at sometimes the things in our life, they're immovable. But the two Marys went to the stone on Resurrection Sunday and said, Where, who's going to move the rock? Well, somebody will take care of it. Saw an angel. Did you move the rock? He's not here. He has risen. Your rock is alive. Your rock is number one. Your rock is the, the real deal. And he satisfies you, honey, from the rock. And I think the, 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 the water from the stone, when Moses had to hit the stone or put his rod out, and all of a sudden water comes from the stone. And when they went through the wilderness and manna laid on the ground, we can look at the ground, we can look at the stone, we can look at the rock, and we can see a movable object. But God would say, why don't you look for the honey? Why don't you look for the water? Why don't you look for the, the manna? Why don't you look? And it's all attitude at this point in time because we can see the obstacle and miss the opportunity. We can see the trial and miss the triumph. We can always become the victim and never become the victor. And if we don't look at things with faith-filled eyes, we'll always walk in fear. It's the honey in the rock. And I looked up at just biblically, what does honey represent? What does it refer to in Scripture? And one is it means prosperity. Everybody shouts on that one. Ah, oh, prosperity, that's so good. Right? We want to be prosperous in our life. But prosperity is a result of honey. When the Bible talks about honey, it talks about prosperity. I think we'll have five words that we, we give you, prosperity being one of them. Awesome. So you can write that down if you're taking notes. Not material things, although it may result in that. Right? Not, not things that manifest themselves, although it may result in that. But the prosperity of what he told the church at Smyrna, you are already rich. We don't always believe that. Because we, the bank account's not full or we just got laid off our job or something happened uh, traumatic in our life. We're not discounting that. But you are already rich because you're part of a bigger kingdom of God. You are prosperous. In fact, John says, be thou prosperous even as you are in your, your health, even as your soul prospers. Be thou prosperous. I pray prosperity over you. I pray God blesses you and keeps you. Praise he causes his face to shine upon you and give you countenance and peace. There's a prosperity message in the Bible. It doesn't matter about material things. It's all about being kingdom living, that you would be prosperous. The honey also represents abundance. 
And think about that. Jesus said in John 10, 10, the thief comes to what? Kill, steal, and destroy. But I come that you might have life, right? And that you might have it more abundantly. But abundance is overflow. There's an overflow taking place in the kingdom of God for those who don't care about themselves anymore. For those who don't care about their wealth anymore. For those who just want to give and all of a sudden God starts to give back. There's an abundance that takes place. There's an abundance in, in our lives that we can relate to. So honey represents prosperity. Honey represents abundance. But look at the bees for a second, all right? Think, think bees for a moment. What, what happens there? The honey is also represents fertility, all right? So it's, it, it's fruitfulness. Uh, bees make honey, all right? And they, they do it because they're fruitful. They, they, they take and pollinate off the, off the flowers and off the trees and off the, off the beauty that God created. And then there, there, there's fertility there. So there's a fruitfulness. God says to be what? Fruitful and multiply. And so there's honey in the rock, there's water in the stone, there's manna on the ground, there's an attitude that says, wait a second, even no matter where I'm at, no matter where I came from, no matter what my situation looks like, I can be fruitful for the kingdom of God. There's a fertility there. There's fruitfulness. Be fruitful and multiply. The fourth thing is community. It's, it, we had a, uh, in our backyard this past year, we had a little nest of yellow jackets. Man, they're mean little things. Yeah, you had one too, Marcus, right? Ah, and they bite you or sting you. And then four or five come up and just sting me. Went in the house and, and Jane said, you're right, I think I am. But those little guys are tough. And so I thought I had them put to rest. I don't know, you judge me if you want. You killed a bee? Yes, I did. I killed a whole nest of them. I thought I did. They came back. They came back in numbers. Like they brought an army with them. And then the Holy Spirit showed me what to do. I did it. They were gone. Praise the Lord. It was just a beautiful thing. I, I don't know if I killed them. I'm not saying I did. I'm just saying they were not in my backyard anymore. What, a, what in the world would the community of believers be like if we actually worked together? I mean, if we actually looked out for each other, if we actually stood up for each other, prayed for each other, blessed each other, and believed in one another, if we really truly became the community that God wanted, if it wasn't about Catholic or Protestant or Methodist or, or, or uh, Pentecostal or Baptist or Evangelical or, well, you don't believe this, you don't believe, do you believe in Jesus? Let's start there. Let's just start right there. Did you receive Christ as your Lord and Savior? If you haven't, why not? Like Marcus said, Marcus is the hardcore one in our family. You need to get baptized. Get baptized now. He's not waiting. Why are you waiting? You need to get saved. Get saved now. When Marcus was in college and would lead people to the Lord, he'd try to talk them out of it to make sure they really got it. You're not really saved. Well, yeah, yeah, I said the prayer. That doesn't mean anything. Did you receive him in your heart? I don't know. I can't see my heart. The community of believers, the community of beasts, again, think they make honey because there's a community involved. Janie got a jar of honey, believe it or not, from a person in the first service and said that 15 bees it takes to make one teaspoon of honey. It's a community. That's a community. That leads us to our last words, and that's diligence. It's, you have to be diligent to do anything. 
You have to be diligent to make a, a good business. Everybody wants to be the businessman. Nobody wants to do the work, put in the hours, work uh, the 50, 60, 70 hour weeks. Everybody wants a paycheck, but nobody wants to work for it anymore. There's no diligence. Everybody wants to have answered prayer, but they don't really want to tarry before the Lord in prayer. Man, pastor, we want revival. Well, let's pray. You call a prayer meeting and 15 people show up. Ouch. Everybody wants somebody else to do the work for them. Bees show us through honey that there's a diligence there. By the way, I don't want to be gross, but like the bees have to, like they inject, like the honey comes out of the bee. <laughs> Are you with me? Like, oh, I love honey. Okay. <laughs> so God actually does take wasted things and make something good out of it. And so if you think your life has been wasted, maybe God's just setting you up for some form of really good success, a testimony, a grief, a Sunday, a, a, a small group. Or maybe something God will use that you've gone through that you can help somebody else with that's like, man, God showed me this while I was going through this horrible time. And just like the bee who has, actually has the honey in them and then out of them and somebody else can enjoy it, maybe God's using your life as an example to glorify his Father, which is in heaven. If we got the worship team, come on back. Think about that for a moment. I was doing a pastor's conference one time, and I've told the story. I haven't told this story before, but uh, a Kopi Luwak coffee. A lot of you know Kopi Luwak coffee is the most expensive coffee in the world. It's $50 a cup at Bistro's in San Diego, $50 a cup. Well, we've, we've actually been able to brew it before, and it, it really is outstanding coffee. It's caramelized. It tastes like it has cream. You don't have to add sugar. It's just it's really good, but the, 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 the coffee bean is only found on the island of Sumatra off the coast of Indonesia. And it's, it's created by uh, a little monkey called a palm civet, which you can hold in your hand. And the palm civet goes into the tree and actually eats the bean. Eats the bean and then releases the bean. Are you with me? And so while I was telling uh, a group of pastors this, because they were talking about waste places, a pastor had just thrown one of those beans in his mouth. <laughs> like, and, and then I told him where the bean had been, and then he just regurgitated the bean as quickly as possible. It was hilarious. And, 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 and farmers have to pick through the waste of the Palm Savet to find these beans, and it turns out to be the most expensive coffee in the world, and there's only a 1,000 pounds of Kopi Luwak coffee produced every year. That's it. And then there's only, then it takes 15 bees to make one teaspoon of honey, and the teaspoon of honey comes from inside the bee, and yet you have greatness inside of you. And, and you think that the world has beat you up or put you down or, or maybe you think just the opposite. You've done all this by yourself and you're not allowing God to come in and, and, and manifest his glory through you and because of you. And that's what he wants to do. I'm asking you to stand with me this morning. We're going to sing one more song. It's been just a great day. But there's honey in the rock. There's water in the stone. There's manna on the ground. Then the song goes on to say, I don't 
need to worry. Maybe you're here today, and maybe worry or anxiety or fear is taking you over, or maybe just whatever life has thrown your way is taking you over, or maybe we haven't, we're, we're beat up even by ourselves for not reading any Bible this week. I've not read any scripture, or I've not praised God, or I've listened to this type of music, and that wasn't glorifying to God. And I want to say, stop right there for a moment. You glorify God just by existing. Yes, can we get closer? Yes. Can we grow more? Yes. And we need to. But at the same time, stop allowing the world to beat you up. When you see a rock, see honey. When you see a stone, see water. When you see the ground, see manna, because God's provision is all around you. It is everywhere you look. All of creation, especially in the fall of the year, beautiful time, all of creation was made by God for you. And you were created by God for his pleasure. Revelation is the fourth chapter. You have been created by God for his pleasure. We're going to sing this song. Marcus is going to end with the scripture that will tie it in. But I want you today to understand that you reflect the glory of living God. Raise your hands if you're comfortable. Father, in Jesus' name, we know there's honey in the rock. It's all about a heartfelt attitude. Help our attitude, Lord. This week even, help us not to complain. Help us not to put down. Help us not to judge. Help us to lift up. Help us to build up. Help us to express, Father Lord, our loving kindness for you. Help us to show mercy, grace, and forgiveness. Help us to show, Father Lord, the glory of God through our actions to one another. We love you, Father. Bless you. Jesus, and we pray. Amen. Let's worship one more time.
of his love forever. The Psalms 81 says, verse 1, I will sing of the steadfast love of the Lord forever. With my mouth I will make known your faithfulness to all generations. That's what we can do today. We can continue to worship God and say in the good times and in the bad times, I'm going to worship God forever. I can sing of his love always. Did you receive that message today? Was that powerful? Just, um, the honey's in the rock. Amen. God is our provider. And uh, just two things I want to do real quick. Number one is I just want to ask, you know, are you grateful and are you thankful for the freedom that we have in this nation? Just the freedom to gather, the freedom to worship, freedom of speech. This Tuesday is uh, election day, so I want to encourage you and challenge you to get out and vote, to please pray about who to vote for, listen to God, and then get out there and do it. You know, we have freedom in this country to vote, and that's not something that every nation has. So, you know, people fought and died so that we could have that ability. Let's make sure to use that and go out and do that. Uh, the second thing is this, uh, this day, the first um, Sunday in November, is the International Day to Pray for the Persecuted Church. And so we have the freedom to gather together on a Sunday or, or any day of the week, any time of the day. And as loudly as we want to, as obnoxiously as we want to in public squares or whatever, we can just declare the goodness of God. We can lift up our hands. We can shout to God. We can wear t-shirts and post things online. But not every nation has that. I was re just recently reading in a, in a book uh, about a coworker of mine uh, at Every Home for Christ, a different organization, and he leads the, uh, the nationwide uh, ministry in, in a different nation. Uh, I won't mention the name of the country, but um, he deals with uh, chronic neck pain because uh, when he was getting baptized, uh, somebody came at him with a machete. And um, he also had several other wounds from being tortured that turned to scars been electrocuted multiple times and to this, currently you know he's still in ministry he gets two to three death threats every day excuse me every week and he won't stop he could leave and he could say you know what i have done my time i have sowed the good seed i've bought the god i'm just going to go ahead and retire um, but the gospel the truth and love of jesus christ means so much to him his name's Samuel, if you want to pray for him. Uh, he said, I'm not going to stop. He's training believers. So I wanted to pause for a moment and just pray for Samuel and pray for the persecuted Christians. It's something to, could, could you lift him up with me today? Could you say, yes, we're going to pray. Something for a strong Christian man to say, you know what? I'm going to fight for what I believe in. 
but it's almost hard to say the words. I have heard stories of um, mothers that have been forced to watch their children be tortured. And the one torturing the child says, if you only renounce your faith in Jesus Christ, then I'll stop hurting your child. I think that Jesus has the boldness to say, blessed is the persecuted, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And I think as a church in America, we can join with the believers all over the world, just for a moment, lift up the persecuted church and just ask God for special grace to be upon our brothers and sisters in these other nations this morning. Can we pray? Father, I thank you so much for your mercy and grace that you gave to us on the cross, that it is so meaningful to us, God, that uh, we would give our lives for this. Thank you that we live in a free country, Lord, where we get to vote, where we get to worship, where we get to live and object and protest. Lord, and I thank you for the believers that are in other nations that don't have the same freedom, but yet they persevere. So Lord, I ask that you would strengthen the church in the 1040 window, Lord, in Pakistan and in China and in Somalia and all over the world, that they do not lose heart. Father God, for the mothers that are forced to watch your children suffer, Lord, for the, the widows, God, that have lost their husbands because of martyrdom, God, I pray that we would not lose faith. Lord, that even those that are persecuting the church would see the body of Christ so strong, so resilient, so faithful to Jesus Christ, that even they would see that as an act of worship and a gospel, that their hearts would be turned, that governments would turn, that nations would open the doors to the gospel that for thousands of years have been closed. God, I pray that you would strengthen each one, Lord, in this world today. God, that as we unite with other brothers and sisters, God, when one part of the body hurts, we all hurt. God, we lift up Brother Samuel to you today in the Middle East. God, and I pray that you would strengthen him and his team and every other believer that many will never know their names. God, I pray that we unite with them together and we just declare for salvation that we say today is the day of salvation. Lord, and that many souls will be saved and lives will be changed. That blessed are those that are persecuted for yours, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Now I bless each one here today and I ask that you'd go before them, fill them with the spirit to do what only you can do in and through their lives, that this community can be changed and the world can know the Savior, Jesus Christ. We pray it all in the name of Jesus. Amen. God bless you. We love you. We'll see you Wednesday downtown at 630. Thank you for joining us for today's service. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by investing today. You can give at www.gracechurch.tv give or by downloading the app and select give. We can't wait to see you next week.